everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, presented by eBodyBoarding.com and Tribe Boards. On today's episode... So they said, you know, will you pose naked in Playboy magazine? And of course, I've got this conservative Japanese sponsor, and I'm like, even if I didn't, would I, you know... Well, hey there, folks. Welcome back to The Real Deal Show. Thanks for tuning in again or listening on the podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, we did part one of the Vicky Real interview, and I thought, let's just pick it straight up and do part two. So just to recap uh, the end of part one, you had quit university to be a professional bodyboarder. A big professional beach bum. You had, yes, you had eschewed <laughs> all higher education in lieu of Scary. traveling the world yep. and riding a, a rectangular piece of foam. So you were, you had moved over to California. You were living with me um, in San Clemente here. And we started to really go about the business of being pro bodyboarders. So obviously you needed to finance all these travels. So how did that happen? You picked up some sponsorship at some point. Um, yeah, I think uh, I had Innovision Surf Shop in Port Macquarie. They kind of hooked me up with my first sponsors, which was BZ Bodyboards and o- uh, Ocean One. Ocean One? Ocean One Wetsuits. Um and then I think that was while I was traveling that first year with you. And then because I went to Hawaii and I got shots in the magazine and I was kind of getting in the magazines, I then got approached by Rio Piper, maybe? Maybe it was Rio Piper. Was it Manta by that point? No, not I think, yet. Not yet. I think it was Rio Piper. Um uh, so I got some boards from them. Terry McKenna mm-hmm. was the Teza. Yeah, was the um, team manager, I think. And Cuda Lines, I got sponsorship from them. I don't know. Over the years, I had Cheetah Swimwear. Um, I think Manta was my next big one. Maybe by the time I moved in with you, because I remember having the Vicky model with. Manta and you were sponsored by Moray and Manta Japan um, would bring me over to Japan and Moray would bring you over to Japan, right? And yeah. then um, women's we, bodyboarding was massive in Japan. Yeah. There it, were more female bodyboarders over there than male. So, yeah. And the magazines that existed in Japan, Flipper Magazine in particular, and BB Life yes. Mag were totally skewed towards girls. All the Cover shots were female writers, and the articles were about clothing and fashion and makeup and just girl-related issues. So you fit in perfectly with that. Yeah, and I think Masahiko and a couple of the other Japanese photographers in Hawaii would take pictures of me that winter when I first went, and so I'd get shots in the Flipper magazine too. So I became kind of known over there, and then being sponsored by Manta, Manta Japan brought me over and... We did the GOB tour events, I think, that year when we, the first year we went over. Maybe. The Maybe. GOB tour started in 1995 in Portugal. Yeah. Actually, it was the first event at Viana do Castelo. But eventually, um, the second year, which was 96, was the first GOB event in uh, okay. Japan. Okay. So, so I don't, did we go to Japan before that? 
Um, I don't recall going yeah. before that. We may have, though, for some one-off events that were not part of yeah, any world maybe. tour. They were just events in Japan. Promotional events. Maybe. Yeah, some of them were promo events. Yeah. They would invite riders, overseas riders over there. Um, some of the large surf shops and distributors over there would bring in international pro riders just yeah. to promote the sport and compete in the event to lend it yeah. some prestige. What was that surf shop? Called. Uh geez, I don't know. There's oh, a, a few. There's Murasaki like de- Sports. It's a department store. Anyway. Murasaki Sports. Yeah. They had like a f- four-story surf shop. It was crazy. All yeah. over the place. They yeah. had several. So yeah. to answer your question, I think I just got sponsored. I don't know if I got money then. I know they were paying my entry fees, and when I'd go to Japan, they'd cover my costs. Um, but eventually, I think they gave me money to... Little bits here and there to kind of help on the world tour, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I don't well, know, do you yeah, remember? you probably had a travel fund at some point yeah. there. Uh huh. Um, and I know you had a travel fund with Moray, so yeah. it worked out well. We would kind of do trips where you could spend your travel fund and I could spend mine, and we could either go, you know, on a, a photo trip to some place, and, you know, you'd set up those trips that yeah. would help us to you know, promote our sponsors, bring a photographer, go to these locations that, of course, we'd want to go surf anyway, but um, to use travel fund money was awesome. And yeah. we knew it would help our career, so. So your profile got pretty big in Japan to the point where you attracted the attention of a large sportswear company called Decente. Um, they had several little uh, brands under the Decente umbrella, one of which was Arena. Now, Arena has been involved in sporting goods for many years, you know, soccer, Olympic uh, swim, all kinds swimmers. of yeah, all yeah, kinds of yeah. products. But they wanted to take a dive into bodyboarding because it was exploding in Japan, and you know they uh, the the Japanese riders or the female riders really uh, sort of looked up to the overseas girls from Brazil and so forth. And you were like the lone non-Brazilian yeah. on the world tour, uh-huh. so. Yeah, they used to call me Bicky Greason from Australia, Bicky Greason. And, you know, I was this 18, 19, 20-year-old, whatever I was. Oh, Vicky, little head. Yeah, they used to say Vicky Greason, Vicky Greason, little head. But, you know, I was this blonde Australian, you know, bodyboarder girl that got in their magazines. So to them, you know, I looked like a, <clears throat> I don't know, pro bodywing star, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, it was crazy. We'd go over there for events and... People would be, you know, flocking to get your autograph. And fortunately, um, Manta, my sponsor, they, Arena or Decente contacted them to try and get in touch with me. And they wanted to meet with me to propose a sponsorship agreement. So I remember me going to this big boardroom in Tokyo. Yeah, because by the way, Manta was making the arena boards, yeah, as I, think I recall. That might have been it. Yeah. <clears throat> so they wanted to hop you over to the arena brand. Yeah. yeah. So I remember going to this boardroom in Tokyo and, you know, up these flights of stairs and walking in with all these Japanese men in their business attire. And they kind of said to me, you know, what do you want? We want to make a whole Vicky line of boards and fins and wetsuits. And, and we you want had to sponsor a clo- you. You had a clothing sponsor. Voodoo dolls. Oh yeah, out of Australia. Out of Australia. That's so right. you had to break that contract, as I recall. I think so. Yeah, and you know, I think the end result was Arena offered me sixty thousand bucks a year to you know ride for them, and which in that 
era, I, sure mid nineties yeah. is big bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, there you go, dad. It's my beach bum <laughs> career. Sixty <laughs> k. Yeah. So I faxed the contract to my dad and mom and said, look, you know. You know, I was super stoked to continue doing what I loved with Jay and got this sponsor and, you know, they're going to support me. And so that was definitely one of the highlights of my career to get that contract. And I think it was a three-year contract. And um, so, yeah, I was able to live off that for years and travel and do the tour. And Yeah, ni- 1995 through 98, yeah. you, you had that deal. And it also enabled us, short little side note, to buy a block of land in Port Macquarie. Yeah. In my hometown. In 97. Jay had a pretty solid sponsor and I did and we thought, let's buy this block of land. Look at this block of land that's a, that's available at Lighthouse Beach. So that was 97. We 97. bought that land. Yeah, we weren't married or anything. No, Not then. yet. So that was kind of risky. Of, <laughs> it was risky on my part. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because here you that's are. That's right. An, I was trying to take his money. Australian citizen. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you could have just taken the land and run. Yeah, and I, I think we paid like 130000 or something 135. for 135 Yeah, nice. Yeah, cheap. But in any case, yeah. also during that period, you were competing. You were doing pretty well. You were like in the top eight on the world tour. Yeah. Again, the lone non-Brazilian yeah. in the top eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a couple other riders uh, on the female side of things from Japan and Europe that were Portugal, moving yeah. up the ranks, but you and seven other Brazilian riders were the top eight riders mm-hmm. on the tour. And at that point, um, she was appearing not only in the Japanese mags, but then you and I went on a photo trip to Western Australia with George D. Marino, yes. Guilherme Tamaga. Um, Tom Boyle and, uh, who was our still photographer? It was, uh, I can't recall. Was it Tom? No. Maybe he was shooting both. Yeah, because no, he got the cover shot. shot. Um. Right? I don't know who shot. But anyway, yeah. Vicky ended up getting an epic shot at South Beach, shore break down there, and ended up being the first female on the cover of Riptide magazine, which was a big deal at the time. Yeah. Um, the other big mag in Australia was Australian Bodyboarder, and that was owned by a large publishing group that also owned Playboy Magazine. Oh, yes. And Playboy Magazine saw that Vicky was, there was a lot of letters coming into the bodyboard publications asking for more Vicky. We want more Vicky. We want to see Vicky in, in bodyboarding. We want to see her in swimsuits. We want to see her not in a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> they reached out to Vicky and said, we want to do like a full photo pictorial of you sans clothing. So what did you do then? So they said, you know, will you pose naked in Playboy magazine? And of course, I've got this conservative Japanese sponsor and I'm like... Even if I didn't, would I? You know, they weren't offering, you know, a huge amount to, you know, to do it. And I knew it would jeopardize my sponsorship. I think I even went to them, did I, and asked them if what they yeah, thought? Or maybe I, I did. Remember. I can't remember. But, of course, I don't think they would have or they didn't. Um, so, you know, I s- was tempted, but I never, I didn't end up, you know. Do you have regrets regret- about that? I don't think so. I no? don't know. Okay. Well, oh. hey, it's not too late. Oh, geez. <laughs> Australian Playboy. 
Come knocking. <laughs> we'll see what she says. I'm a little older, a little saggy, so, I bet so, people like that. <laughs> so we had Some a... No, you're no. not. You're awesome. Oh, Gorgeous. Anyway, so uh, you had a great sponsorship package with Arena. They supported you with clothing, boards, fins. You were like 100% Arena, like yeah, no other sponsors, was awesome. yeah. which is part of the deal. It was, it was an exclusive sponsorship deal and it was ending at the end of 1998 that contract my contract with maury was through 1999 excuse me but they were selling the brand so they wanted to cut all liabilities and they cut my contract at the end of 98 which matched up with the end of your contract so it was the end of 1998 you and i were then engaged to be married yeah, which which we skipped over, by the uh, way. Yeah. In early '98, we were in Hawaii for the Pipeline event, and uh, we had been dating for seven years yeah. at that point. And you know, we we just figured, yeah, someday we'll get married. But I sort of left it in your lap. I was like, hey, I'm nine and a half years older than you. I'm ready whenever you are, but no pressure. You just tell me. So what happened? Yeah, I was like. I don't know. I knew that Jay was the one, but what's the hurry? We were enjoying life. And, you know, when I knew our careers were ending, we didn't know where we were going to be. I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just, it's a good time. Let's get married. I'm like, what am I going to say? Go on, get on your knees, Jay. Propose to me. I'm ready. So I concocted a plan at the end of the world tour event in Hawaii after the pipe contest, we always had an awards banquet at Turtle Bay. And I'm like, maybe I'm going to do it there. I'm going to do it in front of everyone. So I let a few people know, Claudia Ferrari, Bobby Quinones from Puerto Rico, who was my video guy, I think. Or maybe he just well, captured it. Well, he got it. a clip, yeah. Yeah, so... Mandy Zirin was the one oh. who was supposed to video the whole thing. Oh, yeah, thanks, Mandy. There's a story behind that <laughs> as well. So um, I went... I told Bob... Um, What's Bob's? Bob Thomas, Bob Thomas who, ran, who the, ran the GOB. The, the pipeline event the pi- was oh, a the GOB yeah, executive. Right. Yeah. Yes, and I said, can you call Jay and I up at one point because um, I have a plan or something. So he calls Jay and I up for a pretend award. I don't know if it was a pretend award or not. Maybe it was I think wasn't. it was an award because I was the like the public, the media guy. Yeah. I, was, I type all the press releases Maybe and he wanted to give me an award for that or, or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we get up there and I just got on the mic and said, thanks everyone. And I wanted to take this opportunity. And basically I proposed to Jay and said, will you marry me? And so in front of all in front our, of all our tour friends, bodyboarding yeah. friends, what yeah, an amazing it was. It was thing. Super, yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So Mandy, by the way, the side note is that Mandy hit she had uh, been recording, didn't realize it, and then hit stop right when Vicky proposed. That's right. And then started recording again yeah. after, thinking, you know, she was doing the opposite. So that's right. poor Mandy. But fortunately there was a lot of people with video cameras and our friend Babby Quinones from Puerto Rico. Happened to also capture it on video, and he was kind enough to make a copy, send it to me in California. Anyway, long so, story yeah. short. So Jay said yes. Yeah. And we planned to get married the following yeah. winter, uh, January of 1999, in Hawaii, because we figured, hey, we want all our bodyboarding, pro bodyboarding and uh, friends to be there, and Hawaii is where everybody everybody was at that time yeah, of year. Yeah, and it was a good central location for my family in Australia, and Jay's in Maryland, kind of, you know, everyone fly to meet in Hawaii. 
which is where we kind of hooked up and started our careers together. Oh, I did. And, you know, got proposed. I proposed to him. So it was kind of the place that we knew we had to kind of get married. So. Yeah, Hawaii, yeah. you know, is uh, has a special place for us because of all those the things. beginning yeah. of our relationship, all the things that Vicky just mentioned. And so January, uh, or sorry, end of December 1998, we stopped getting paid to bodyboard on December 31st, 1998. And at that point, I was like 34. Four years old, about getting ready to turn 35, and you were nine and a half years younger. But um, I didn't think it was to my best interest to try to find a sponsorship. And I knew there was no way I could get the kind of money I got with Maury um, and I feel during like my career. Bod- pro bodyboarding kind of took a turn around then, didn't it? Well, there was probably a dip at that point. I mean, yeah. the world tour was still going, but um, yeah, there was. Uh, less money coming yeah, in from sponsorships yeah. at that point. And Maury at the top of the heap, you know, sort of selling the brand. Cut they, everyone. Yeah, they yeah. cut the whole team and then re-signed some people back at half salary. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I was like, man, it's, I guess it's time to hang it up. I had a degree. I could have taught school, but I really wanted to stay involved in the surfing or bodyboarding industry, right? Yeah. So, so we were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. We had, I don't know, six months worth of money in the bank to pay, you know, my mortgage. I had owned a condo at that point and insurance, all the daily expenses. And so we thought, okay, wh- I thought, what can I do? Worst case scenario, I can be a, a substitute teacher because I have a teaching degree and I can make money that way to pay the bills. But let's see if I can make it in the surf industry. So I started sending out resumes to be a sales rep with surf companies. Got no responses, just dead in the water, right? So that was a a dead end. And then fortunately, um, we, as I recall, we were having a conversation with Tom Mm Morey. And I I had been getting um, email and internet had just kind of started in the late 90s. And I was getting emails from fans, you know, bodyboarding fans around the world. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I live in this, you know, far-flung place and we can't get good bodyboards here. Or which board should I get? What should I get? Asking advice. And Vicky and I were talking with each other and we thought, man, there's there's something to this. And Tom Morey... We were talking to him one day because he's here in California, and he kind of said, you guys should start an online surf shop. And we sort of, all, everything sort of came together, and we said, that's not a bad idea. We've got nothing else going yeah, on. <laughs> the, the dot-com boom, yeah. which is a, was a thing in the late 90s, all these companies were starting up on the internet to sell stuff. E-commerce was in its infancy, and we thought, let's... Let's try it with bodyboarding. And, you know, there were naysayers. There were people that said, oh, this is a flash in the pan. Nobody's going to buy bodyboards on the Internet. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we developed a little business plan and went to a trade show in San Diego, which like, used to be. We just need to make 100 bucks a day. If we can make 100 bucks a day. Yeah. L- luckily, yeah. you know, Vicky had some computer skills. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really have any computer skills other than typing. And she built a website on a a real basic early platform called Yahoo Store. 
and she built a basic website and I reached we reached out to all our friends who were in the industry and Custom X, Debbie Caldwell and Dave Kniff were like the first vendor that we um, made an agreement with. They said, yep, we'll sell you product, no problem. And then Viper Fins came on board. And some of the vendors, some of the companies who were good friends of ours wouldn't sell to us. They thought we were going to discount everything, you know, because we didn't have overhead. We were operating out of our condo, the yeah, condo that we lived in. E-commerce was new and unknown. It was new. Yeah. So there was the fear that, oh, they're going to undercut all the surf shops, put all the surf shops out of business, so we're not going to sell product to them. So we were pretty taken aback. We were, like, looking up. The, what are the, what's the law behind this? Can they do this? Yeah, Can they deny selling right. to us? Is, it, is that restraint of trade? What do they call that? So we were, you know, we were, I kind of guess we were kind of hurt, you know, yeah. like these are our friends and they won't even mm-hmm. trust us to sell to us. So um, I had applied for some jobs and I actually got hired to work as the sales rep for BZ bodyboard yeah, so i thought we didn't know if our yeah we didn't know if it worked website would make it by the way it was unrealsurf.com that was the, that original, was the name original name that we yeah. came up with because we didn't want to niche ourselves down to just bodyboarding we thought you know we'll just be a surf shop yeah, yeah so we thought remember? let's use the last yeah. name real because people know that and i had a mori model called the unreal so i you know i wasn't thinking long term i, I should have yeah. been thinking early on Okay, people maybe know who we are as pro bodyboarders now, but in five years, ten years, they won't know who Jay and Vicky Real are. So we should have a name that's timeless, you know? So after what, like maybe a year or less, we thought, let's, we got to put the word bodyboarding in the name. I think it was Simon Ramsey that. Simon oh. told us to use the, our oh. last name. Oh, sorry, did he? Simon. Okay. But uh, yeah. so we switched, we looked up. Um, different bodyboard names and E in front of anything at that time was a big deal. There was eBay, E Health Insurance, E Trade, E Trade. Yeah. It, it sort of stood for electronic, so because everything was done on on the internet or on computers, right? So we put E in front of bodyboarding and started ebodyboarding.com. And niche down to you know yeah. get out of the big surfing bubble and yes, focus on. What we loved, which is bodyboarding, is a good move. Apparently. Yeah, so we yeah. Um, we had paid for an ad in Bodyboarding Magazine. We had paid for some inventory from Custom X and Viper, and you know, basically tapped out our savings to buy the inventory and pay for the ad. And the the idea was launch the site to coincide with the release of Bodyboarding Magazine and the ad to come out. Mm. And that's what we did. Vicky was working like 14-hour days, working, staying up all night, building the website. And I was probably doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so tax day, 1999. And all this was out of Jay's condo, out of his garage in his condo. Yeah, the garage was the warehouse. You should show this picture, that picture. Yeah, if I can find it. Yeah, Yeah. uh, for the YouTube viewers, I will try to put up uh, some slides here. Um, but in any case, we launched April uh, 15, 1999. We got an order at the first day. Guy's name was John Kazira. <laughs> he lived in Upland Jay's or Ontario. Memory. Anyway, I still have the this, this shipping notification. We had to, I had to go to the post office and actually physically Line mail up. the item. Yeah. So um, then we had a couple of days with like no orders. And we were like, oh, man, this, 
this is a this is a bust. Is yeah. this not going to work? But once the ad came out and the magazine got distributed, people started getting interested, and then we started getting an, a pretty steady flow of orders. Not a ton, but yeah. a few a day. But did you finish your story about the BZ rep? Oh, the BZ thing? Yeah. So yeah. I got the job while she was building the site during that uh, period, January through April of 1999. I took a job in March of 99, and I was due to start the job on March 15th. I remember that because it was my parents' anniversary. And I went snowboarding on the 14th with Ross McBride, Nels Velocito, Jordan Hetrick to Big Bear, and I proceeded to break my collarbone. First time I ever broke a bone. I was 35 years old at that point. I couldn't believe it the day before I was starting this job. So I show up at the job day one, my arm in a sling, and they're like, oh, what happened to you? And I said, man, I broke my collarbone, but I'm fine. I can still be a sales rep. I, you know, I go into shops and talk to shop owners and sell BZ boards to these shop owners. And the guy who had hired me, his name's Dave Rubin, who, by the way, stopped in here about yeah. two weeks ago. First time I've seen him in many, many years. Great to see you, Dave, if you happen to catch this this uh, show. Um, anyway, he had caught wind that we were building a website to sell retail. And he immediately said to me, like the first hour I was in that office to train to be a sales rep, he says, you know, you're going to be going in these shops and they're going to find out that you're trying to compete with them and selling the same stuff they are. So how do you think that's going to go down? You're trying to get them to buy stuff and then you're going to come around the back and compete against them for the same customers. They're not going to like that. So that night I went home to Vicky and we kind of had a heart to heart and I decided, you know what, this is, it's, this is like the put your all, all your eggs in one basket or not moment for me. Um, I can either just quit the BZ gig immediately before I get too deep down that road and commit wholeheartedly to eBodyboarding or then UnrealSurf.com, or I can not have faith that it's going to work and take the BZ job. But I chose to take the risk because I really felt, and Vicky did too, that it was going to work. It was going to happen. hundred bucks a day. Yeah. We just, we, we did a calculation. We needed to profit a hundred dollars a day to pay our bills, you know, mm-hmm. to break even. So I called the guy the next morning. I said, Dave, thank you so much. I'm quitting the job. And then I ended up uh, recommending Brian Press for that gig. Who, and he got the gig and he was the BZ yeah, rep for a, right. a good amount of time there. And and he ended up being our rep, as I recall, because we bought boards from him when BZ eventually relinquished, uh, uh, or I sh- should say relented and agreed to sell to us. Mm-hmm. So then we were off and running. And where did we go from there? Just out of the garage, I think just every week. Or every month, you know, we sold a little bit more. We end up getting in more product, maybe more vendors. Yeah, it started the half the garage was the warehouse. Then yeah. we had to use the full garage and move both yeah. cars out. Uh-huh. And we did that for two and a half years. We And we got an employee. We did hire a guy. Yeah. His name was Mike. And um, he, he didn't work out too well. He would come into the spare good. bedroom at the condo. <laughs> Mike didn't work out too no, well. He he eventually stopped working for us at our request. Yes. Um, but in any case, 
Uh, so we started there. We were there two and a half years, and we had Robert next. Yeah, uh, Robert Terrell. And our next employee. Yeah, so oh, we had a few yeah. employees in yeah. that office. I think uh, Kane Johnson maybe worked in there. Anyway, yeah. Kane later went on to have a, his own model with Custom X, the Big Daddy Kane That's model. Right. Some of the old school guys yeah. and girls may recall that. Um, so we uh, then sort of outgrew that location. We needed more warehouse. So and I think we were getting UPS deliveries. We Remember, were. And I don't think the neighbors like that or something. Yeah. It? Eventually, we had yeah. we we had a complaint from the homeowners association. Yeah. Somebody complained that we had UPS trucks coming in and out. Didn't bother anyone. Didn't no. get in anyone's way. But some a old, you know, crabby dude probably decided he didn't like it. So mm-hmm. anyway, it all coincided with us shopping around for a warehouse, and we eventually found one here in San Clemente. A little. Uh, small warehouse office space, and we moved in there and expanded. We had a lot more warehouse space now. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, so then the business continued to grow. We switched sales platforms from old Yahoo store to different, um, something called PIMS, remember? And we had a baby. (laughs) Oh, so, yeah. So that was uh, in 2000. We moved into that new office in 2001. I remember because I went in on... 9-11 to pay our deposit check to move in there. Oh, crazy. So we had been uh, operating out of the house for two years. Then we moved into that office um, in, um, I guess it was probably late September 2001. So we've been, uh, you know, as I said, two and a half years out of the condo. And then we moved into that office warehouse. And then in 2003, we had our first child sage. that was yep. sage mm-hmm. so we bring her to work with our dog kaya yeah we've kaya, even got pictures yeah. of that i, wonder if you can find <laughs> I don't know but, <laughs> but uh sage would kind of crawl around and pull stuff off the shelves if yeah. we let her so all the no friends dvds, DVDs and yeah we had yeah so yeah. we had stuff stored everywhere so uh-huh. um and then in 2003 after sage was born you know the business continued to grow um, and Vicky and I, uh, I think it was uh, end of 2003, we finally said, we've run out of room here. We need a bigger place. So we started looking around like we need to lease a bigger building with more warehouse space. And there were some new buildings getting built here in San Clemente in, uh, in, uh, in 2003. And we happened to come across this this business park, this is where we still are today mm. in 2021. And this building was a slab of concrete in a brand new business park. And we did the math and we decided, yeah, this is... Let's not rent. Let's see if we can buy yeah, it. Yeah, maybe the monthly uh-huh. payment it was was like the same as if it would cost Ish, a lease yeah. because we had socked away a bit of cash to put as a down payment on this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we said, let's do it. We ended up buying this awesome building. We've been 2003, in 2003, yeah. Since 2000. Yeah, we moved in here. Well, we signed the paperwork in, I think, yeah. January 2004. We had to wait for the bu- building to finish That's building. Right. And yes. in 2000, July of 2004, we moved in here. And we did it in one weekend. It was July 4th weekend, I remember, because I spent like 16 hours a day in here, like setting up shelves and internet and computers. It was horrendous because we had to move from the old place into the new place. So we pulled that off. We moved into this location. 
I, you know, I, I don't want to say the rest is history because it's still continuing. Yeah, We're still evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get more into the business side of things in another show. I think we've gone long enough now yeah. with our Jay and Vicky and e-bodyboarding beginnings story. There's lots more to cover in a future show. But for now, I will wrap this one up and say we are super stoked that all of you and many of you have been customers of ours for almost as long as we've been in business. Some of you, yeah, crazy. you know who you are if you're watching or listening. Um, and thanks to Vicki for sharing her story. Fun bringing she's, up these yeah, memories. She's still with me after all these years. I don't know. And we, now we have two kids. Oh, we have yeah. a son as well. Mm-hmm. So our daughter is now almost 18. Our son will be 14 coming up here in November. So that gives you an idea. They've grown up with us running this business. Hence, Jay's got no hair. Yeah, so. I lost my hair. The kids <laughs> made me lose my hair. The kids or And me? the stress of the business and my... Yeah, no, I won't say that. I won't agree with you. <laughs> that's a so, whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. Married to your that's our relationship partner podcast. in business. Oh, we'll, there you go. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll you have start. to get Keith Yaki in here. To- oh, geez. <laughs> Keith. Wow. No, we won't step on your territory there, pal. <laughs> anyway, more about that some other time. So, folks, thank you for watching you. and listening. Be sure to give it the thumbs up if you like it. Post some comments down below if you're watching and on the YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, hope you enjoyed listening while you're driving or working out or whatever it is you do while you listen to podcasts. And uh, that is it for this edition of The Real Deal Show. Folks, we will see you and talk to you next time. See you in the surf. See ya.